Welcome to Lessons That Last, where a researcher and a teacher talk about what it means to make a lasting impact on students' lives. They unpack the stories former students shared about their memorable teachers and discuss how we can all make a greater impact on the people in our lives. Here's Julie and Laura. Hello, and welcome back to the Lessons That Last podcast. I'm Julie Hassan, professor, researcher, and with me is my effervescent co-host, Laura Estes-Swilly, English teacher and writer. So as we were preparing for the story you chose today, I've been dying to ask you this question. Okay. Do you remember any specific field trips from your time as a student? I remember two very, very strongly. Um, and, and one of them you might might have been there. But the first one I remember was in elementary school. We went to Ybor City. And so some of our listeners probably have heard of Ybor City and some of our listeners have not. Um, Ybor City is an area in Tampa, Florida that... Um, is is known for in, in its origin settlement by Cuban immigrants who created cigar factories where they were hand rolling cigars. Today it's like a it's like a club zone, super hipster kind of stuff going on there. You want a tattoo, you want a, a drink, that's where you go. Um, but we went to multiple cigar factories. I remember driving home, it, riding home in the back of a car with a a giant loaf of Cuban bread, which is like, I don't know, three feet long, wrapped around my neck, and a cigar that I was pretending to smoke because they sold us cigars. <laughs> yeah. What grade? Wait, wait, what grade? They let me buy cigars, um, maybe fourth grade, third or fourth. Yeah. Yeah, um, I definitely was not on that trip. No, it was before you came to the private school. <laughs> um, we toured the, the factory. The public, I'm just going to say the public school did not go to the cigar factories. Okay, well, <laughs> you were missing something. Let me tell you. So we watched them roll the cigars and we were learning about Tampa history. I think we, we went around, there's like a very specific Cuban immigrant cemetery. We ate at the Columbia restaurant, which is a, a, a landmark for, for Tampa. And I, I don't know, I had a cigar and I had authentic Cuban bread. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's the big one. I think when I think back to being a kid and being like 10 and literally having a cigar that I was allowed to buy, I feel like that was a different time. That was, yes. Yes. And I'm thinking at that same school, like by the time I got there, sixth grade, maybe, did we go to Bush Gardens? Yes. Yeah, we I have did. A big memory of that. Yeah, I have forgotten about that. We would like listen to the the people who did the animal care and the took care of all the habitats and the breeding. I I want to say it was supposed to be focused yeah. on the animals. 
But again, I, there was I, yeah. a there was a beer tasting room. Yes. Tell me that they oh, didn't no. sell you we, beer. We went to Anheuser Busch, Julie. <laughs> and we watched them make beer. Do you remember that? I just remember the chimpanzees. I don't remember. Maybe <laughs> I had a different chaperone. Which chaperone were you with? I don't know. But I kind of remember what I was wearing. And that, which is normally how I remember things. And I remember the Anheuser Bush like tour, the giant vats where they were making beer. And I remember the smell of like the hops and stuff like that. I don't remember tasting the beer, although I may have. I mean, I had a cigar. Why not <laughs> give me beer? Um, but yeah, I, you brought that back. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't have a vague memory of that, but I just remember the animals because, you know, of course, I was an animal nut back in the day. So I remember, like, getting to see all the habitats and going behind the scenes to the nursery where the babies were. Hmm. But I don't think we toured the the beer plant. So I don't remember the baby animals at all. You clearly had a different chaperone. <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> Did we go across the street to McDonald's for lunch? I thought I seem to remember bringing my lunch. I'm telling you, whatever chaperone was with you <laughs> was different than the one that was with me. Apparently, I do remember crossing the street and going to McDonald's for I'm lunch. I'm not sure you were supposed to. Okay. Well, oh, that makes sense, right? But you're still here to talk about yes, it. So it yes. all it all ended. I'm well. sorry I didn't bring you with me. Now the other one that I really remember was the Florida State Fair with the Cracker Country. Were you yes. there? I did not go there on the field trip. I don't think I was in the social studies club. Oh, like okay. the people who did the Cracker Country. Because we had to wear the costumes mm-hmm. and we had to live like we were we were populating the the neighborhood of like a I don't know, an 18, 1800s Florida lifestyle. Um and I got to be the teacher, which was amazing. And I'm gonna assume there was no beer or cigars <laughs> so that you were not making moonshine at cracker no, country i wasn't somebody else might have been but i was teaching the school okay. so it was very I, innocent very okay. i'm glad that that field trip was a little more <laughs> academically focused. okay well that was public school it was the private school who gave me cigars and beers so. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're closed now and don't exist. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was trying to think about all the field trips and I don't, re- I never remember things as well as you do. So I'm surprised you didn't remember the Bush Gardens when we used to go to nature's classroom. Yeah. Did you go to nature's no, classroom? We did not go to nature's classroom. That was classroom. a public school thing. Yes. In um, elementary now I think it's now I think they go in sixth grade. I think they go in middle school. But then we went. I want to say fifth grade, um, and you would canoe down the river and look at the baby alligators, and it was all kinds of Florida 
wildlife and Florida plants and river life. And it was, it was muddy and hot. It would Mm. not have been your favorite. That sounds like not my jam. I was, I was much more interested in the Cuban bread, the Cuban cigars and the beer. (laughs) I just, I mean, like, let's just be honest. (laughs) But that sounds like something you would really like because it was nature yeah. and there were the animals because yes. don't they have like snakes and stuff? They they did, you know, any kind of sort of Florida river life they yeah. had, you know, turtles and baby alligators and all yeah. kinds of things. And um, they would help you identify all the different kinds of plants. Nice. And, yeah. Nice. That's probably why I don't understand a lot of what goes on. Um, around my house, <laughs> but you I will say a nature's classroom. I didn't, but we did have a baby alligator in our backyard. Okay, you you're like living in nature's classroom. Yes, I live. I literally live in nature's classroom, and I have like a nature's classroom instructor named nice. Jason Swilly who teaches me all the things. But we had a baby alligator. Um like maybe two or three feet long in our backyard and our little miniature Dotson had it cornered. Oh yeah. And I went, it was nighttime and I went out to get her, Hey, come on, it's time to go in. And she wouldn't come in. And I was like, Jason, I think there's an alligator in our backyard. He said, there's not an alligator in our yard. That's not possible. I said, literally, I'm pretty sure it's an alligator. I mean, it's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark, but I think that's an alligator because it's kind of snapping at my dog. And he was like, okay, give me a minute. And he took his sweet time and he walked outside. And he was like, oh my God, it's an alligator. Um, and then he called his father who said, ah, it's not an alligator. There's never been an alligator on our road because these two men grew up on this street. Right. And there's no water on your road, right? There is. Oh, is yes. there? Yes. So... We have what they call pits, which are from the phosphate mining industry. They would like take all of the stuff out and leave these giant pits that eventually filled up with water. And so those are like ponds, really good fishing apparently. And um, so there is water. It's not near us. It's on the other side of the street, but this little baby alligator got confused and um, Bill, the little tiny Dotson wasn't having it. So I probably would have been better able to handle that had I gone to nature's classroom instead of the cigar factory. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so. Although I'm not, you know, I'm not sure that we were trained in nature's classroom to wrangle them. I don't remember (laughs) that. Don't remember the wrestling and wrangling of the alligators. Yes. Jason wrangled. Classroom. There was wrangling happening. Yeah. So, so speaking of learning to be brave on a field trip. Yes. Would you, Laura, read Felix's memory about Mrs. Noel for us? I will. I am so impressed with this story and what Mrs. Noel was able to do with her sweet student, Felix. I loved Mrs. Noel's sixth grade science class. She was always enthusiastic about her content and her students. In addition to planning great lessons, she also took us on field trips. I especially remember the trip we took to a ropes 
course because it prompted me to face my fear. I'd always been afraid of heights and I wasn't sure I wanted to go on the trip, but Mrs. Noel convinced me to go. She reassured me that I would be safe and if I could get past my fear and just start, it would be worth it. She was right. The ropes course was exhilarating and the view from the top was amazing. I'm grateful that Mrs. Noel convinced me to go and I'm even more grateful for the lesson she taught me that day. It's okay to be afraid, but don't let the fear stop you. In the end, the reward is worth the initial discomfort. Oh, Mrs. Noel, I need her to come teach me about that. (laughs) Right? And I'm just so impressed that she was able to get through to Felix, who obviously had a fear. What a relationship they had built that he trusted her in in such Mm -hmm. a big, big way. And it makes you wonder about the culture of the class, too. Like, I'm sure that classmates were supportive of that. It had to feel like a safe place to try something new and face a fear. Yes. Which makes me think about how we cultivate these cultures in these classrooms, because risk isn't just on a ropes course. Every time our students share an idea, answer a question, Mm -hmm. share something they created, there's a risk. How do we build the cultures where students are willing to take those risks. Mm -hmm. That's what really prompted me to choose this story was we don't all go to a ropes course, but we all ask our students to take risks. Academic risks are scary because we can fall on our face and then be embarrassed or we can be in a safe place where when we fall on our face, someone picks us up. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm thinking about this too. Like, risks aren't just for students. I mean, teaching is risky business. Yes. And I had this conversation with my grad students a couple nights ago. We were talking about different initiatives that were coming out and helping teachers use data to drive instruction and all kinds of things. And we were talking about why teachers might be resistant to change. And so there's all kinds of reasons that people love to throw out, you know, um, stuck in their ways, lazy, whatever. But what came out was risk. Because if you're a teacher, especially an experienced teacher who's got things working really well, you've got this delicate ecosystem that is a classroom working and someone wants to initiate some kind of change into that, that's a risk. Like the whole thing could fall apart. And as normal humans, we are risk averse, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's normal to not want to take chances if we don't have to. Right. I mean, does it, does anybody love change? I can't, I can't, I can't help but think about your son-in-law well, um, who probably <laughs> embraces change in the biggest bear hug ever. Um, but other than Jake, I don't who know is, anyone who, who does not even understand risk. Like if, no. if you hike the waterfalls in North Carolina with Jake, like I have, 
there is no fear. No. There is no concern over risk. <laughs> so right. he's a rare, he's a rare individual. He, um, is. he is. So there's a percentage of our population who are that rare person. But I think that everyday person like you and me, because um, I think we're pretty normal. We want to do what we know works and taking a risk is hard. It's hard mm-hmm. and it's scary. It is scary. And we, we know there's a good chance that when we're trying something new, we're not going to be good at it at first. Correct. And we like to be good at it. <laughs> uh, some of us want to be excellent all the time and always win. Um, that's, yeah. that's me. Um, but I, I know we recently talked about my struggles with the smart board. Yeah. Even that's a risk. Changing a my risk. instruction to bring in new technology is a risk. And I have felt the burn of that risk when things haven't gone right. And I felt the exhilaration of that risk when things have gone right. Mm. How do you think principals can support teachers? We know we see how Mrs. Noel supported Felix. Yes. How can principals support teachers when new things are rolling out? Like, did anybody ask you how it was going? Ask you what you needed to be successful with that change? No. Um, I heard from another teacher that an administrator um, was in her room and asked the students, is she using the smart board? How's it going with the smart board? <laughs> so that's not Does it. Does it sound like, so, like so, so the there's an anti example? Yes. Yeah, it's an anti example. Um, in my department, we had a meeting where everyone brought ideas and strategies and things that were working so we could learn from each other. And I thought that was super, super mm-hmm. valuable. And then we also knew, oh, um, Mike is doing this. So if I'm struggling, I'll call Mike and Alex is doing this. And if I'm struggling, I'll call Alex, that kind of thing. Um, I think there's a lot of value in that. And so building community, it all, for me, it always goes back to community. We talk about it all the time. What can a principal do to encourage teachers to take risks, build community? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And also, I think if there's no failure tied to the risk, like Felix wasn't going to get an F in the class if he didn't master the ropes course, right? right? So as a principal, when we're asking teachers to take a risk, it has to be done in a way where there's no risk of fate, like failing's fine. Like we're not going to be good at this at first. And yes. I'm not expecting you to be good at this at first. And yes, let's celebrate the mistakes we're making along the way and figure out what we're learning from them. I love that you said that. Um, I pushed my students to write Shakespearean sonnets. Ooh, that's not easy. It's iambic pentameter. It's got the rhyme scheme. They got to count syllables. They have to follow the structure, which is very specific from Shakespeare, like very specific. And the the more grade oriented students were like, um, what if I don't do well on this? And my answer to everyone was, I want to see you try. I care that you try. 
It doesn't have to be perfect. This is the first time. It's your first outing. Of course, it's not going to be perfect. Try. And I would love to hear that from an administrator. Mm. I know it's not going to be perfect, but if you if you put your toe in, yeah. you'll figure out which way to go from there. And that's all I care about. I love that. And I love those administrators who acknowledge the implementation dip in any change and say yeah. to their team, this is not going to go well at first and it's yes. going to get worse before it gets better. But I promise if we stick with it and really give it some effort in the end, it'll pay off. Oh, I would follow that administrator. Into the <laughs> that was me when we had to change car line procedures <laughs> at Sims Elementary because it was such a mess and it was a safety issue and I knew it was going to take longer and people were going to be really fussy about it and parents weren't going to like it because you couldn't just run up and grab a kid. Yes. Um, but I kept saying, okay, you know, to my teachers, it's going to be rough for a little while and I will take the heat for the rough, but I'm going to time it every day. And y'all watch, we're going to get a little faster every day. And there's going to come a time when this is a well-oiled machine. And it was. Oh. But I know that. I wish I would have worked for you, Julie. We would have got probably gotten in trouble together. Yeah, a little bit, but good trouble. Good trouble. Good trouble. For sure, good trouble. Yeah. And this, I think, this podcast is our way of finally working together. You're right. <laughs> You're right. It is. It is. And I think um, every once in a while, we make some good trouble here. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, and so... In honor of Mrs. Noel, mm. let's all decide to do something a little risky, a little brave. A little scary. A little week. scary. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do this week that's brave? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and this is, this is me. Um, not, this is not right for everyone, but I don't always know what's in front of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> for the whole week. One of the things that I'm coming up on is a project that I've designed for my students to investigate deep dive or rabbit hole, as I call it, one conspiracy theory that's out there. And then they have to present it to us as if they are the believers. Mm. Um, there's a risk in that for sure. Yeah. Bringing that into my classroom and so this not political sure that, climate. Yeah. 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 And you know what? We're going for it. Um, and so I, I've given them lots of options of how to present that to us. And so I think that my risk that I can't see yet is coming there. Mm. I think that's a brave assignment. I'm excited to hear how it goes. I'm excited to hear what they choose. I know, me too. I know I'll get some like Tupac is still alive kind yes. of stuff, which I'm I'm anxious to hear about. They probably can talk me into that. I'll buy it. <laughs> I would like to believe yeah. Tupac is still exactly. hanging out. Exactly. But I know I'm also going to get some um, Illuminati type stuff. Yeah. Um, which I'm, you know what? Teach me. I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about conspiracy theories. So I'm an open, 
um, book, fill it up, fill it up guys. So, um, that in itself is a risk. I don't know. Maybe I'll get super risky and invite the principal to come to one of our classes. Ooh. Okay. She's feeling brave, pod friend. She's, <laughs> <laughs> she's talking a big game tonight. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, but we should all take a little bit of risk, intellectual risk, emotional risk, academic risk. Um, that's where the rewards are. Yeah. Wrestle some alligators, do a ropes course. That's right. Whatever. Whatever helps you get past it and grow, friends. Exactly. So let's do something brave this week in honor of Mrs. Noel. If you are wanting to read Felix's story about Mrs. Noel, you can find it in the Lessons That Last book. It is Lesson 163, titled Building Confidence. So check that out in the Lessons That Last book, friends. And we are with you as you do brave things, cheering you on. Yes. And I would love it if you would tweet me and tell me all about the brave things that you do, the risks that you take. We want to know what what you're taking away from this podcast. And we hope that you'll communicate that with us. Thank you so much, friends, for spending some time with us today. We really enjoy connecting with you. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you will subscribe to the Lessons That Last podcast wherever you listen. Give us a rating too, which will help other listeners find us. And don't forget to visit chalkandchances.com for more stories. You can also find more information on Julie's research in books. While you're there, take the quiz to find out what kind of memorable teacher you are. I took it and was surprised by what I found. I think you'll find good food for thought. Let us know about your quiz results. We hope you will meet us here each week and bring a friend to share the conversation.